This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Yeah, putting on the lip gloss oh, for the oh, third oh. show of the day. We're there ready to rock and roll. Here we go. Need a little fresh application, and we're in business. Well, I'm glad you're here so we can appreciate and honor our fan favorite, oh. <laughs> Ar- Archie. John Daly. Oh, Archie. Yes, Archie is the fan favorite. Yeah. This is very, very true. There you go. And Who doesn't Satan. love Archie? I saw that um, you had some emails requesting the the kind of food you feed Archie. People are interested in Archie's life and what's going on with the Arch. Yeah. Because they know Arch- you love him. You know, they know Archie's you take good care large. of him. He's living yeah. large. He doesn't always <clears throat> yeah. appreciate it, but that's okay. I know he uh, he, he, he he means well. Yeah. He means well. Um, it's nice and warm here for his, uh, his kingdom has always kept at a constant warm temperature. Is the rain beating you guys up in San Francisco today? Uh, as Katie mentioned in the chat, we have a break here, but it has been mm. raining, so we are not drying out. Nope, not yet. And some well, people had uh, power out for a couple days. Oh. Yeah, I think it was really bad in the, let's see, Sandy says uh, Willow Glen area of San Jose. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was beating us up in uh, in Petaluma earlier this yeah, morning. Yeah, the power's out and a few days. <laughs> someone and... in Nevada, Sandy said the sky opened up in Nevada. So, yeah, Western, yeah, um, big... Western Sonoma County, uh, they're at power out for a couple yeah. days. Western Marin County, power out for a couple days. If you're in those more mm-hmm. rural areas, they're like, yeah, yeah we're PG&E, so um, we'll get back to you. We have some commercials to run to tell you about how great we are. And everyone's um, on set for those commercials, so they're not available to turn your power back on right now. I do think, though, that the rank-and-file workers who are sent out to fix things i mean they do work really hard and they work hard and of course in, there's probably in, not enough of them in like in the rain and the horrible yeah. conditions and up but there's high probably not enough of them and, and yeah. they didn't remember um when they got mm-hmm. the they got caught with not having enough um people to trim the trees and then they oh. ended up hi- having to hire they were kind of publicly shamed into hiring yeah. all those out 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 of state uh, landscaping crews because they were so backlogged yeah. Um, I have no empathy for that company. They have reinstated their dividend, and uh, my father worked for PG&E and left my mom's stock, and um, she used to get enough from the dividend every three months to pay for the power bill, and so it was like 300 bucks, you know, per quarter. Mm-hmm. Now it's $7.81 per quarter. <laughs> That's not going to pay your power bill for one month, so let alone it's three. it's one cent dividend Yikes. per share. Uh, so it's not the rank and file, sh- you know, everyday shareholder yeah. that's making money here. It's the um, finance people yeah. that came in and um, the people that were giving loans and doing all the financing and the, the bonds, the bond. Well, we bond have people. followed the uh, robo taxis in San Francisco. That's and there's true. a couple stories that came down yesterday. Meep, meep. I'm going to run you over. Meep, 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 there it is. Meep, meep, meep. Well, let's start with the cruise story first because you know they aren't really rolling in San Francisco anymore. But They're now, more, uh, come, to f- come to find out, we had a couple of near misses in the city where these cruise vehicles are accused of almost hitting two kids in two separate close calls just one day apart. Well, look at the way they park. <laughs> pack them in there, pack them in. The cruise is now at the center of five separate state and federal government investigations looking into potential safety concerns and whether the company misled investigations, uh, investigators in the wake of that incident where the driverless car dragged that woman 20 feet. By the way, she was in the hospital for 90 days and is finally out and she's recovering from all of this. So- yeah, Kim, but another car hit her. It was a different car. It wasn't their car that hit her. They only dragged she her was, down the street. Yeah, right. Okay. Do you think those cars right there are like talking to each other? Like, hey, what are you? Uh, what are you doing time for? <laughs> well, I dragged a woman. In this incident, a cruise vehicle is allegedly almost hit a seven-year-old boy after failing to yield to him and his family while they were crossing a street in San Francisco. The car was fully stopped but then started when the family got maybe a third of the way or halfway across the intersection. And the boy says, then it started to accelerate like we weren't even in the crosswalk. And he goes, if I hadn't run, if I hadn't made a run for it, that car would have hit me. That's what happened to me. Although in my case, the car wasn't, um, didn't come at me fast. Um, But it it did that. I was in the crosswalk and it lurched forward uh, from across the street. So I totally believe it. It did happen. It was the day after or the day before that happened. There was another 
similar near miss caught on camera in Pacific Heights. In that video, a cruise car accelerates straight toward two women and two children walking in a crosswalk. The vehicle then breaks and swerves around them at the very last second. So Cruz is acknowledging the vehicle was involved, but they say we can't comment any further because there's an ongoing federal investigation looking into that incident. So there's two more. Kind of confused by that term near miss. Isn't it more of a near hit? <laughs> near hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did miss. <laughs> you tried. You near, it's true. Near hit is you failed. Would be more accurate. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you've talked about being in Waymo and you, you're saying that one's better. But yesterday a driverless Waymo car hit a bicyclist in San Francisco. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's it's kind of chaotic mm-hmm. in the city. You would have, I mean, can you predict every little thing that's going to happen? I will give them credit that the technology is better. Yeah. Um, I Not only have I witnessed that the technology is better, the car's a little bigger. So although that could, you know, be not good if you're on the other, on the receiving end of that, but it feels a little safer. Um, the driving is less herky-jerky. Um you can see on the screen, unlike um, with the uh, cruises, uh, with Waymo, they show you in real time. You can see where the other cars are on the map. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that it sees it. You can see it can see people. It can see people on the sidewalk, like a block, like in the on the next block mm-hmm. you know, on the left and right. And in many cases, I'm like, this thing is more aware than my Uber driver. And I'm not kidding. I feel safer in the Waymo than I do in an Uber. Well, it's not it looking didn't... down at a phone. The last Uber I was had, looked down at the phone was talking to somebody overseas, oh, um, blabbing away. And um, when he wanted to answer his phone, he slammed on the brakes and picked his phone out of the cradle and put it up to his ear and started talking. And I reported him and uh, he got in trouble. Mm. But um, totally unsafe, right? Well, in this case, a driverless Waymo car and a cyclist were involved in this wreck on 17th Street in Mississippi. This happened just after three o'clock yesterday afternoon. The cyclist, uh, not life-threatening injuries, but was hurt, but is going to make it out of this one. Uh, (laughs) They said that San Francisco's supervisor, Shaman Walton, posted about the crash saying, so much for safety. I don't know. Um, Waymo says the driverless car was stopped at a four-way intersection and a large truck went through the intersection and the Waymo car followed after it went through. The cyclist, though, was right behind the truck and their view was blocked. They rode right into the Waymo car's path and were hit. Would a driver have seen that that? Um, that cyclist, you know, a, a real dr- car right. with a driver in it, would the site would the driver have seen? Oh, there's a biker there. You know, gotta slow down. Not if they're looking down at their phone, probably. No, the cyclist was occluded by the truck and quickly followed behind it, crossing into the Waymo vehicle's path. When they became unoccluded, our vehicle applied heavy braking, but was not able to avoid that collision. Uh, Waymo told police about the crash. The cyclists left on their own accord. Waymo said it is making contact with relevant authorities about the crash. They have learned from crews. You don't just not report it or sweep it under the rug. Yeah. yeah. And occluded would be a ding word. Mm, well, we'll take the ding. I'll and in case you're this. wondering, the Whole Foods, yeah. I actually know, this is at 17th and Rhode Island, so about eight oh. blocks from there. Look at that. Right near. Yeah. yeah. T- tell, me okay. about, uh, tell me about squirrels. <laughs> So that's such a seductive way. Squirrels. Um, so this is a home invasion Ooh. story. Uh, that's not sexy. <laughs> no. Uh, police responded to a home invasion. Uh, they located their squirrely suspect. Police in Missouri <laughs> shared body camera footage from the moment officers investigating a possible home invasion came face to face with a perpetrator. And it turned out to be a squirrel. The Liberty Police Department posted body cam footage to Facebook showing officers entering the home where an intrusion alarm was triggered. Um, and let's, we have the body cam footage, of course. Let's see let's, it. Ch- let's check this out. Let's go. So they've got guns drawn and. We'll just start clearing room by room. They're taking this. Oh, it's right there. It's a squirrel. They're going to look. They can disregard. I just saw it. Tony, now you can disregard the help. We got a squirrel in the house. They were about to do a room by room search and then he sees the squirrel. They opened the door and it went running. Or he uh, walked the door. Yes, you can clear the air. And we have the second uh, body camera footage. 
There you That's go. pretty funny. Wanted Rocky the squirrel. Uh, noises could be heard coming from inside the house. Officers entered. Noises continued. The video showed the officer with the gun drawn locating the suspect. Uh, a wanted poster at the end of the video says Rocky the squirrel remains at large. Approach with extreme caution. Oh, that's so funny. There you go. Um, I don't know. What, what's your favorite animal? Do you have a favorite? Uh, cat, obviously. Oh, cat. Okay. So I really like sea creatures. I love dolphins, but I also really love sea turtles. And so this story makes me feel really happy. This loggerhead turtle was rescued. It had washed up on a beach in northwestern England. And that's very, very far from warm waters where this guy is normally found. Paul Knight of Walney Island said he was walking with his partner and his dog on Ern... Uh, Ernsey Beach, Bay Beach, when they came across what he initially thought was a four foot long dead turtle, because it looks pretty raggedy when you yeah. see him, right? Well, he called the Marine Conservation Society, and he was advised that this animal might still be alive and merely in a cold, stunned state. Yeah. So he was instructed to stroke the reptile's eye and doing so caused the turtle to start moving. Oh. Yay! When they're cold stunned, they go through this lethargic shutdown thing yeah. and they can appear to be dead. So they said it's important to check for vital signs. Um, but the movement of this turtle kickstarts the British diver's marine life rescue medic who is dispatched to the scene, helps him carry this turtle. It's a 110-pound turtle to where the medic's vehicle was waiting. It is the first loggerhead uh, sea turtle found in Cumbia in about 10 years because they normally are in warmer waters, but occasionally they get thrown off course from severe storms. So maybe that's what happened to this loggerhead turtle. Um, the arrival, though, unfortunately, is often associated with very, very poor health. They can be swept from these warm waters by strong winds and current into the North Atlantic gyre, and the poor physical condition might impact their navigational ability. So this guy was taken to the Black, uh, Blackpool Sea Life Center, and he's slowly being warmed up, and hopefully he doesn't have infections or other potentially life-threatening consequences, and he'll be okay. I hope so. I yeah, really do. Yeah, you see, his, uh, he's got great cell phone reception, though. They have a looks like they have a tracker on him. I just a see that tracker. on his back. A little yeah. uh, antenna there. Poor guy. Well, yeah, mm. but they found him. Good, good, yeah. good for uh, good for them. They found him. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, an animal that's having a little more fun with the water is uh, a surfer dog named Ephraz. Ephraz. Hey. A Jack Russell Terrier loves riding the waves in, can you guess the country? No. Peru. Oh. Four-year-old Jack Russell Terrier. Um, clad in a yellow vest, little Ephraz uh, balances himself on the front of the surfboard as waves foam around him and his companion as they skim over the Pacific waters off of Peru. He's a four-year-old Jack Russell Terrier. He's a common sight these uh, hot days of the Southern Hemisphere summer. He loves the sea, says his owner, Mauro Canella. A surfing instructor at the beach in San Bartolo, a district uh, 30 miles from downtown Lima. Canella says that they began surfing uh, together about a year ago, and they're not the only dog-human duo surfing the beaches off of San Bartolo. A dozen or more can be seen during the weekend. Um, although Ephraim gets cold as the hours go by, he appeared to enjoy his new sport, planting himself on the front of the board while Canella crosses the waves, standing, kneeling, or lying flat. As happens to all surfers, dog and owner occasionally are tumbled into the water where they fail when they fail to no negotiate a wave. So, mm. surf's up, brah. That's cute, though. Yeah. He's cute. I have some dates for you to mark in February. Oh, you ready for this? February. Thank you. This is your, basically your 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 stargazing, star-watching calendar for the month. Oh, there's I a live lot in San of, Francisco, so this is for You're not going to see it? You're going to have to look others. up when you come to Petaluma. Mm -hmm. uh, the February skies are shining February. with Orion. Thank you, mm -hmm. Gene. Orion, uh, which is a harmless comet, and an extra day of stargazing we get as well. So February 1st through the 29th. February. 
Orion, the hunter, dominates the sky. That's the constellation uh, in the northern winter Milky Way in February. The uh, Orion Nebula is the bright, overexposed pink glow that you see right there on the screen Mm -hmm. between the below the belt of Orion, while the curving arc of red is Bernard's Loop, now thought to be a supernova remnant. So that's kind of cool. February 14th, Valentine's Day, Comet C. 2021 S3 pan stars. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Comes close to the sun. February 24th February. is a full snow moon. That'll be exciting. And then February 29th is leap February. day. So, yeah, the full snow moon reaches its peak illumination on Saturday, February 24th February. at 7.30 Eastern time in the morning. It'll still appear full Friday night, drifting above the horizon toward the east around sunset and should reach its highest point in the sky about midnight on Saturday. The name Snow Moon uh, is known because of heavy snowfall. It's called for when the bear cubs are born or born moon uh, as well. The uh, born, there's a born moon like a there's a jason jason born no because when bear cubs are born there's oh. actually all kinds of native american names for it Makunsaganitwade. they go on and on but anyway that's what's going on in the skies this month wow. and what month was that february, february. Okay. there's a brew in it february yeah. um actually our our former colleague uh, uh who's a uh, uh, i'll say uh, very particular about a grammar in the media and pronunciation, Greg Jarrett, who's news anchor at KGO, he has mm-hmm. a, a post, a thread going about February oh, yeah. uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not library either. It's, it's there's a rare in it, library. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, a well, brew want... in February and a, a rare in library. All rare. right. Uh, and there's a fizz in your probiotic soda. What? Uh, have you had a prebiotic soda? No, never. They are healthier than regular soft drinks, but by how much? Pro. pro- uh, prebiotic sodas have surged in popularity recently, branding themselves as the new soda. Health-conscious consumers have flocked to these drinks because of advertisements promoting better gut health, blood sugar, and overall wellness. So is prebiotic soda actually better than normal soda? And as a res- registered dietitian, this um, the author of this article says, here's what I can tell you. You've probably heard of probiotics, right? But not mm-hmm. prebiotics. To understand what the latter is, it's best to, uh, to def- define the former first. Probiotics are live bacteria and yeast that can improve your gut bacteria when consumed, right? Uh, Examples of that would be kimchi or kombucha. Mm -hmm. So those are probiotic-rich foods. They have live bacteria and yeast. Prebiotics are plant fibers that feed your gut bacteria, right? So it's kind of like food for for the probiotic activity, right? Helping the probiotics to flourish. In other words, they both work together. Brands like Poppy and Olipop or Olipip have come out with prebiotic sodas that contain anywhere from two point or two to nine grams of fiber per can, which is where the gut healthy claim they often boast stems from. There are tons of flavors to choose from: orange, ginger ale, root beer, even cherry cola. Um, close to ninety five percent of Americans don't meet the twenty five grams of recommended fiber per day. Uh, that's America. <laughs> We're not following instructions. While whole food plant based fiber is found in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, and it's preferable to sources, uh, other sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding fiber to these drinks can actually help you increase your overall numbers. So these brands often use different fiber sources, such as uh, agave inulin, um, cassava root, chicory root, and Jerusalem artichoke. So um, can I ask what the difference is between prebiotics and probiotics? Why is it good for me to drink something? Like, am I supposed to drink this before I eat? Yeah, we went over that. Oh, sorry. Okay. You're not supposed to ask questions, I didn't, but you're also supposed didn't to listen understand. to the story. <laughs> sorry. I'm behind the let's eight go ball back, over Let's here. go back. Uh, like they said, it's better to understand. Uh, it's best to just define them. Probiotics are the live bacteria in yeast yeah. that can improve your gut bacteria when consumed. Examples would be kimchi and kombucha. Right. So these are live. They've got live yeast and bacteria. Yeah. So the prebiotics are basically like the starter dough. They're the f- they're the fiber that feed those probiotics. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, I missed that part. Yeah. Got it. So it's like probiotic food. Okay. Yeah. I'm not in the A student front of the class today. I'm in the rear no. smoking weed with the rest of the rare derelict. Rare. Um, <laughs> no more asking questions. Despite this, and it's important to remember uh, that there's no one product that gives the magic fix or replaces a varied diet. Many are rushing to grab these new sodas because they f- provide fiber, 
um, that they struggle to get in their regular diets, which can dissuade people from actually changing their diet for the better. If your overall diet is generally full of ultra-processed foods, which we've talked about, right? Mm -hmm. Nom, 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 nom. Adding a prebiotic soda likely won't be the saving grace. So are there any cons? Uh, if you have digestive issues or conditions like IBS, Crohn's, or uh, gastroparesis, uh, you may uh, experience discomfort drinking these things. Under those circumstances, you'd want to limit your intake or avoid avoid them altogether. Yeah. Um, just monitor how you feel if you want to try them. Overall, pr uh, prebiotic sodas can be a fun and fibrous addition to your diet if you're looking for a carbonation fix without excessive amounts of added sugars. So, mm. you know, you know, if you feel like you're on the edge and you could use some more fiber, yeah. try a prebio prebiotic soda and see if you like it. I'm Better taking, than drinking regular soda. I'm taking you on a trip to Royal Farms. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Before I do, though, I would love for you to click the like button. If you could, click the thumbs up and please subscribe to the After Party Live. It's free and it really helps us out. Off we go to Royal Farms. Wait a minute, that's a gas station. Yes, it what? is. Royal Farms is the place where someone decided to go because they were having a crap day. Sometimes it happens, right? And to make them feel better, did they you get decided, enough fiber that morning? <laughs> they didn't drink their prebiotic. So they go to the Royal Farms and they think, this has been a lousy day. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket to cheer myself up. That's a weird name for a gas station, by the way. <laughs> royal Farms. It's very, very royal. Okay. It's very fancy. I mean, maybe if it's owned by Saudi Arabia, it would make sense. <laughs> it's nice looking. <laughs> so it's very clean and fresh and new. And by the way, this Royal Farms is on English Muffin Way. <laughs> What? In Frederick, Maryland. English Muffin Way. Yeah, that's the name of the street. Sounds like a pretentious neighborhood. It, that, um, I'll be at the Royal Farms on English Muffin Way. Just, just past the nook and cranny. <laughs> and so this guy buys himself a lottery ticket at the Royal Farms off of English Muffin Way. And he wins $100,000. Not bad. Yay. He said, I had a lousy day at work. Right there in front of me on the way home was Royal Farms. I figured a lottery ticket might change my mood. So he buys this ticket with two sets of quick pick numbers for a power play drawing late January, checks the results the next day. That's my ticket, except for one number, he says. He called his wife. She said, I'm very concerned by the tone of your voice. I thought something was wrong. They spent several minutes trying to analyze the results to make sure that he thought it was what it was. Uh, they said we went back and forth as to whether it was a winner. Was it a winner? We don't know. So they end up using the Maryland Lottery app to scan the ticket. And that confirmed it's a hundred thousand dollar prize winner. But he was the, one number off, so he didn't get like three hundred million dollars. He should have thrown it back in their face. Right? Exactly. Royal Farms, screw you. <sighs> the husband and the wife are both nearing retirement. They said the winnings will allow them to pay off their family debt. So not such a bad day after all at Royal Farms. Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh next up, uh, this is not a lottery story, but this okay. is NASA story. We love NASA Ooh, stories. That's a cool picture. Yeah. NASA announces a new super Earth exoplanet orbits a habitable zone and it's only 137 light years away. Oh, the so exoplanet TOI 715b is about one and a half times the width of Earth. Uh, hmm. Could it have the potential temperature and conditions to sustain life? The new exit. Exoplanets situated fairly close to us, only 137 light years away, and orbits within a habitable zone, according to NASA. Astronomers say that the planet is about one and a half times the width of Earth, orbits a small reddish star. The same system might also harbor a second hmm. Earth-sized Earth planet, which, if confirmed, would become the smallest habitable zone planet discovered by the uh, TESS, the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite. Um, they said in a January 31st press release, due to mm. the super Earth's distance from its parent star, it could be in that um, habitable zone and harbor the right temperature for liquid to form, uh, liquid water, that is, to form on its surface, which is essential mm. for life. According to the agency, which also added that several other factors would have to line up, of course. Uh, NASA said the measurements, uh, a narrower and potentially more robust definition than the broader optimistic hab habitable zone, um, put the newly discovered planet and possibly the smaller Earth-sized planet in prime position from its parent star. Um, because so, of its short distance from the super Earth, um, uh, from uh, the super Earth from its parent star, a red dwarf that's smaller and cooler than Earth's sun, a year on the planet is equal to about 19 days here on Earth. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. 
that your birthday's just going to start racking up. Wow. Yeah. Um, the tidal orbit means the planet can uh, be more easily detected and more frequently observed, which is cool. Um, since its launch in 2018, the TESS satellite has been adding to astronomers' stockpile of habitable zone exoplanets, um, you know, in case we uh, destroy this one, you know, mm. we can uh, send we can some move people move on to the next one. On a yeah. one-way, one-way journey, right? But we don't really know if it has oxygen or if it, you know, we don't well, know what it's, what it's about yet. You want to go check it out? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I don't want to do. Pick Minosi. Because mm. now we know that is actually linked to dementia. According to this new report, a certain protein believed to be a cause of progressive dementia is produced as a defense against pathogens entering the nasal cavity. And researchers are now suggesting washing your hands frequently if you're going to stick your fingers up there. Mm. Is that Dr. Peter Chin Hong that recommended that? <laughs> no, it is not. It should be, though. I really love that guy. According to a new resort report, this came from People magazine. So usually I'm I'm quoting, you know, Plus One or Journal Biology. Today I'm quoting People magazine. This You're in protein, the uh, supermarket checkout. Yes, I am. This protein called beta amyloid is mm. believed to be a cause of the progressive dementia characterizing Alzheimer's. So according to this recent report in a peer-reviewed journal, Biomolecules, that's more oh. like it, beta amyloid may be produced in the brain as a defense mechanism to pathogens that are introduced via the nasal cavity by, among other things, sticking your finger in your nostril. As a result, the report writers suggest that neuroinflammation in Alzheimer's disease might be partially caused by pathogens entering the brain through the olfactory system. Now, the report doesn't say nose picking is the sole or primary cause of Alzheimer's or that dropping the habit is going to prevent it, but they say it really can't hurt to stop doing that. Or if it's too difficult for you to stop, at least wash your hands properly before you stick your finger up there. Uh, One of the lessons learned from COVID, they say, is the value of hand hygiene through frequent hand washing and the use of hand sanitizers. They said we suggest those routine hygienic procedures be mandatory routine procedures for the incurable nose picker. So just don't do it. I mean, if, even if there's a chance, why would you want to take the chance? I thought you were the, going to say a peer-reviewed journal such as Us Weekly. or No, yeah, no, that's not no, the one. No. What's interesting, though, is when I first read the story, I thought, oh, that's a bunch of crap. That doesn't make I any pick sense. I want my nose. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I, more research needed type of thing. And I'm sure they'll continue to, you know, look into this. We need it's more in- nose pickers. Yeah, I need a little more study on the nose picking. But it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from nose picking to pigging. Oh, there Japan's you go. Japan's latest <gasps> Me Pig Cafe. He is so cute. Let's customers cuddle and spend time with pigs. Um, initially, there were cafes where pets were allowed. Then came, then came cat cafes where feline companionship took precedence over lattes. And now the latest trend in Japan is the pig cafe. That's pretty cute. Those who yeah. have already paid a visit to this unique cafe are of the view that they've had a wonderful, very relaxing and enjoyable experience. And if reports are to go by... Um, people have started visiting the cafe in large numbers, taking selfies with miniature pigs, a breed no lo- larger than a corgi dog, um, roam the room seeking laps for cuddling. Uh, despite occasionally occasional snorts, the pigs are surprisingly quiet, craving companionship and shunning solitude. Contrary to stereotypes, they were clean and odor-free. Customers are happy to pay around uh, 2,200 yen, which is about 15 bucks for 30 minutes, uh, requiring a reservation, of course. Mm-hmm. Shiwa, uh, Shiho Kitagawa, executive at MePig, referred to the pigs as Butasan, with an honor, uh, an honorific stressing their uniqueness and ind- individual personalities. The Harajuku-based MePig Cafe is one of the 10 such establishments in Japan with more planned for the year. And Harajuku would be the uh, like the fashion district. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very trendy. These micro pigs make ideal pe- uh, pets, resembling toy poodles in size and can be purchased for about 200,000 yen, which is about um, 1,000 uh, $1,350. The cafe also offers pig food for sale. A drink dispensing machine also stands in the corner. Foreign tourists discovered the cafe through social media with Instagram being popular uh, for finding out about the cafe. Despite having no advertising, it attracts visitors uh, eager to include it in their Japan itinerary. That's cute. That's cute. Are they all little cute pigs like that or are they big honkers? Yeah, I think I have another photo. Here you go. 
Oh, here they are. They all got their names on them. My daughter has been trying to get me to get her a a mini pig for a long time. But here's what I found out in my research about buying a little mini pig Mm -hmm. is that they don't stay that way. And even if they say they're they're, they're the mini pigs or they're the smaller pigs, they end up being like 300 pounds and then you have nowhere to put them. They're huge. Well, you should also, uh, of course, mention that there are some concerns about, um, you know, the ethical treatment of animals in cafes. Um, There is a lot of positive impact on the humans. And it sounds like the the, the pigs in this case are having, um, you know, they're enjoying Mm -hmm. the... uh, um, the touch and the and the and the companionship, but so right. there is an ethical debate. Um, but experts add that there is increasing evidence suggesting that being in the company of and owning pets can both offer both mental and physical health advantages for individuals. Um, but uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, n- th- not that I'm told, Karen. Sometimes they don't. They they say they do, and then all of a sudden you get them in your house, and they're the next thing you know they're like a barnyard animal. Well, it looks so, like uh, yeah. you have a field trip. To do some investigation in uh, Harajuku. <laughs> I just told her, no, we're not getting a pig. We're not, not, no. Tell no. her to go to the cafe in Harajuku. That's exactly right. That's why I'm saying if that thing was here, we'd be there. You know they canceled all the SAT tests for college admission. A little too late they, for me. They said, yeah, they said you don't have to take the SAT test anymore, you know, because it's it's a biased test and not everybody who's raised in the same ordeal. way. Yeah. It doesn't really tell the whole story. Well, Wait a minute, maybe not so fast, because Dartmouth is now becoming the first Ivy to reinstate the SAT-ACT requirement. That's right. As of the applicants to the class of 2029 will be required to submit SAT or ACT scores. And it's interesting because we were under the impression, at least I was under the impression, that these tests might might not be fair for people who grew up in different communities, maybe different cultures, wouldn't ha- have the same automatic knowledge base that someone else would have, right? And so- People who dis- have anxiety. PTSD. People who accidentally drank coffee when they were like six, 17 or whatever before taking the test, not realizing uh, it wasn't going to help. Well, this was about the this, people from socioeconomically disadvantaged communities. However, Dartmouth uh, says, is going to once again require applications to su- applica- applicants to submit the SAT or ACT scores as part of its admissions process because they commissioned a study by several of its faculty to examine the usefulness of scores in determining undergrad entry. And what the researchers found, actually, is that the scores were predictive of high academic achievement at Dartmouth and would have helped less advantaged students gain admission to the college. Well, that's the opposite of what we had, what we thought, right? Overall, the conclusion was the use of SAT and ACT scores is an essential method by which admissions can identify applicants who will succeed at Dartmouth. Importantly, the test scores better position admissions to identify high-achieving, less-advantaged applicants and high-achieving applicants who attend high schools for which Dartmouth has less information to interpret the transcripts. So they think it's a very important tool to figure out. I would say that it's more of a mixed bag. Mm. So it might benefit somebody who may have otherwise not been um, admitted, but it also may be disadvantaged to those who are just... Like don't have access to tutors. A lot of these people in affluent schools, I didn't have access to a tutor. And mm-hmm. had I had access to a tutor, I probably would have done a lot better. Can you tell I had a very average score, um, which mm-hmm. I don't think was reflective of my intelligence. So yeah. I don't, you know, and, you know, situational, even though I took it, I think I took it twice. Um, you know, it was early in the morning, like 8 a.m. or whatever, and not a good time for me to like, you know, have everything rearing going. Mm-hmm. And not to me sound like I'm making excuses, it's just like I feel like a, a snapshot like that is not necessarily fair I think your overall academic record should be more heavily weighted. Well, good thing you're not going to Dartmouth. I'm telling you. That's okay. I wouldn't want them anyway. Yeah. I don't want to go there Dartmouth, with your Forget fancy you. degrees. And, yeah, I'd rather go to a pig cafe. And I'd also rather take a break. <laughs> Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about California secession. What are we leaving the United States? No, we're not doing that. If and they bring also... back the SAT, yeah, we are. <laughs> There is a move to see if trees can be used instead of street lights. We'll tell you about that and more coming up on the After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. 
If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Huge, huge thank. Thank you to our ongoing contributor, Harry M. Harry, huge heart to you. Thank you, Harry. Yeah. We appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. And on the SAT thing, I just don't think I'm a very good test taker. And yeah. I think there should be multiple ways of like um, figuring out if someone's intelligent because under pressure, mm-hmm. no bueno for some people. That doesn't mean they're dumb. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Doesn't mean that at all. I've said mm. my piece. Okay, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> from that positive news, uh, we want to talk about the secession story that you just uh, mentioned. This is uh, California course uh we're a very trendy state we like to do uh you know what happens here um sets the precedent for the nation usually but this movement wants a national divorce to avoid a civil war the leader of a california secession movement known as yes california told newsweek in an exclusive interview on saturday that a national divorce is needed to avoid a civil war uh, didn't uh, marjorie taylor green say that uh, was that her or one of the other crazies nutty nut nuts As politics have become increasingly polarizing in years, uh, there have been growing calls from residents in coastal states such as California, Texas, and New Hampshire to secede from the rest of the United States. Yes, California is currently campaigning on a ballot measure called Cal Exit 3.1, which would break California into two and establish a country separate from the United States in the San Francisco Bay Area, along with the central central coast of California, according to the Yes, California website. The independent land would be called Pacifica. So far, 92,000 people have signed up to join the campaign through the movement's website. However, it is unclear how many of these people are actually California residents. The movement <laughs> was founded in 2015 by conservative activist uh, Louis Martin Marinelli, who is uh, the current president of the movement, according to Yes California website, and Marcus Ruiz, uh, Ruiz Evans, who was a conservative talk radio host at the time. They no longer have ties. Oh, they seceded from each other. Uh, so right now we're we're working on the concept of a national divorce as an alternative to potential civil violence and civil war, um, Marinelli told Newsweek during an interview. Our belief is that there's a lot of growing political violence and political problems in the country that may lead to fighting in the streets, civil war to some people that some people are calling for. We're trying to propose the idea of potentially doing a national divorce of some sort to avoid this type of situation. Meanwhile, Evans told Newsweek on Monday that he is the real leader of the movement and Marinelli doesn't represent Cal Exit. Evan's definition of CalExit also differs from Marinelli's. Oh, so, you know, they can't even they can't even keep it together. CalExit was always the idea of California leaving America, Evan said, rather than just a portion of the state seceding. Um, Marinelli told Newsweek that Evans left the movement in 2021, but Evans says Marinelli's statement once fault. They can't commit to anything here. Um, this is so weird. Who are these crazy people? They're your neighbors. No, they're not. <laughs> can't possibly be. No. Uh, Move to Michigan and join a militia. No, we're not doing this whole breaking up California thing. No, you're not a fan? You don't think so? Uh, Let us know in the chat what you think. Representative, yeah, it was Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia Republican, has used the term national divorce. I thought that that sounded like a familiar crazy. She called uh, to separate by red states and blue states in a post to uh, Twitter in in February last year. February. Uh, at the time, she also went on Fox News to suggest that a national divorce is needed to avoid, avoid civil war. So we've we've heard this mm-hmm. before. She told Sean Hannity that the last yeah. thing I ever want to see is a civil war. Uh, I don't really believe that. No one wants that, but it's the going it's going in that direction, and uh, we have to do something about it. So I mean, I think a legit debate could be made about you know splitting the state. I don't think it's going to happen just for due to political realities. But this um, this has a this has a um, like a crazy finish to it, right? These people are crazy. It's it on the little, fringe, definitely. Like, on yeah, the if fringe. you can't even present your argument no, together without no. breaking up, like the band's already broken up, yeah. I don't think that's gonna. I mean, I guess it's important to note those folks are out there thinking these things, but come on. There's a lot of messages, of course, on social media where realistic. you know they're showing the flooding that's going on in San Diego, and 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 people are saying, you know, in the, on um, Instagram, it said, "Pray for California." And uh, you see all these like good Christian people in the rest of the country saying. This is what God wants. Um, let's see if any other foreign countries send a relief aid. Uh, doubt it. Um, yeah, this is what we want. We want to see California washed away. And the other people are like, wow, you're really Christian, aren't you? You know, uh, That's just weird. Yeah, no. 
I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what they're selling. No crazy for you? No, no, no. Not at all. Well, maybe you have some better news. I have some interesting news about taking bioluminescence from the ocean and using it to create bioluminescent trees. The possibility, the hope, is that perhaps trees could be created to glow in the dark and in doing so could be used instead of street lights. And I'm thinking anything that keeps PG&E from getting more money is a great idea. Yeah, wait till PG&E finds out about They're this. Like, they, their landscaping crew will come through and take care of it. They're going to squash worry. this. But I mean, it'd be cool if we didn't have so many poles around. Look at how pretty that looks. I mean, if we could create trees that light up at night with this bioluminescent you know, nat- thing that occurs in nature, that would be kind of cool if we could light, light the streets and waterway or the, you know, pathways up like that. So there's a movie that was screened at South by Southwest in Austin. And it talked about biomimicry. And biomimicry is taking something that occurs in nature and right. using that in a human-created product, right? Um, what we can learn from nature and apply to the built environment, to roads, to public spaces, to our urban landscape, that kind of is featured in this movie. And so um, the research begins to take the bioluminescence um, and create glowing plants by splicing DNA from luminescent marine bacteria to the chloroplast genome of a common house plant. So the stem and the leaves emit a faint light similar to that produced by fireflies and jellyfish. This is pretty cool. They're trying to, if they succeed, work on these plants on a large-scale installation designed to look like a light-emitting tree. Okay? And so this could actually maybe work. I don't know. There's a lot more research that needs to be done on this, but they think it could not only be a great alternative to um, not being dependent on energy, right, but also create incredibly poetic landscapes with these trees that glow in the dark. The proposal they have is to use a very fine coating of biological paint that when applied to trees allows them to glow at night. So the coating charges during the day and then at night it can glow for up to eight hours. The trials using that material start at the end of the year. So they want to turn the trees into glow sticks. I mean, yeah. I can see it being helpful as a like a marker at night, but I don't think it doesn't look like it's going to be bright enough to replace like, you know, street lights. Maybe um, if there was in, a bunch of freeways. them. I mean, imagine if that was a whole row of glowing trees. Right. But I'm saying for like in situations where, you know, safety is the utmost Perhaps. concern. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be bright enough for yeah, and if it's the whole row, but I like the I mean, idea it's, though. It's kind of cool rom- until it's romantic um, until romantic. the experiment goes wrong and new kids start glowing, <laughs> and then weird trees emerge the, from the, the ground that are all pigs, jacked up. The pigs start glowing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, speaking of the end of the world, mm-hmm. um, ca- hurricanes are getting so intense that scientists have proposed a new category, category six. Oh, when meteorologists began using the five-step Saffir. Uh, Simpson scale to measure hurricane intensity in the 1970s, the category five represented oblivion. Such a cyclone with, with sustained winds of up to, uh, or, sorry, of at least 157 uh, miles per hour could flatten any structure of the era. So there was no reason to give the most ferocious tier of hurricanes an upper bound. Yeah. But as the planet warms, storms are increasingly surpassing what was w- once considered extreme, according to research published Monday, not in, um, not in People magazine. Now, two scientists are proposing a new label that they say a growing number of storms already merit, Category 6. Climate change has uh, demonstrated um, that these, these strongest mm-hmm. storms are now stronger, uh, according to a se- senior scientists at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. The water uh, is warmer in places where it didn't used to be, and the storms are, are packing a real punch. Yeah. Uh, meteorologists have for years debated whether the current hurricane scale adequately captures the hazards of today's storms. It only takes mm-hmm. winds into account and not the pounding waves or the flooding uh, and whether a new top end category is needed. With the new researcher, uh, research, the scientists are saying that they're formalizing that discussion in hopes of spurring more academic debate about the ways climate change is heightening weather hazards as we know them. So look forward to that. Category six. 
that's a hell of a hurricane. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to entertainment news because we have this story that a crew member died on the set of the Marvel TV series well, Wonder Man. There's your Debbie Downer for the day. Well, this crew member on the set of Wonder Man fell from the rafters. A spokesperson with Marvel Studios telling Deadline the crew member was a rigger at the Radford Studio Center in San Fernando Valley. The series was not filming at the time that this happened yesterday morning. They say their thoughts and deepest condolences are with his family and friends, support behind the investigation to figure out the circumstances of this accident, is what Mm. um, Marvel is telling the LA Times. Wonder Man is set to start production next month after delays brought on by the writers and SAG after strikes. I've never Um, heard of Wonder Man. It was ordered as an upcoming miniseries for Disney Plus. So it was a new series. Yeah. Okay. Was that meant to uh, help uplift men? Because men need that? Apparently not that guy. Yeah. Um, Tracy Chapman, you know, she was on the uh, the Grammys and yeah. performed in the Grammys with Luke Combs. Tracy Chapman's appearance on the 66th Annual Grammy Awards helped take Fast Car to the top of the charts again. After mm-hmm. the singer-songwriter, who's 59 years old, took to the stage with Luke Combs on Sunday night, her 1988 hit has risen to number one on iTunes in less than 24 hours. That performance came after Combs, 33, uh, explained that the song brought back fond childhood memories. He said that the song was his favorite song before I even knew what a favorite song was. Mm. The duo sang a rendition of Fast Car while um, playing guitar in a rare appearance from Chapman, who last performed in 2020 and hasn't toured since 2009. Chapman performed Fast Car solo at the 31st Annual Grammy Awards in, um, guess what month? February. 1989. (laughs) Uh, So Combs released a cover track in April 2023 that quickly became a fan favorite, unlike Kim McAllister reaching number two on the <laughs> Billboard Hot 100 and topping the country music charts. His recording was nominated for Best Country Solo Performance of the song at Sunday Night's Ceremony. Fast Car also won Single of the Year and Song of the Year at the 2023 Country Music Association Awards. Pretty I just, cool. I love them together. They're pairing for this yeah. song. They're such an unlikely duo. You right? know what I just learned yesterday? That she lives in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. But apparently you knew she was in the Bay Area, right? Mm-hmm. I have a friend who worked at um, Rainbow Grocery here in San Francisco uh, during the pandemic, and he bagged her groceries, and now he says they're best friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mean, somebody else was quoted saying that they helped her at a grocery store in the sunset. But you look at this, you know, white country star and this black gay woman who is a you know, musician in her own right, and I love that they connected over this music, the... the her songwriting is amazing, and her it's just so, I don't know, authentic and real. Turns out like, people yeah. are just people. Yeah, true. True that. True what that. A, what a great experiment, or you know, a great example of that. Um, uh, Shannon people, Doherty. People being people. You know they have this big dust-up on over the set of Charmed and what happened on Charmed. Yeah. And did Shannon Doherty get fired because Alyssa Milano wanted her out so that Alyssa Milano could be the top of the call sheet and the number one, right? Mm-hmm. The fan favorite. Well, Unlike Shannon Doherty is standing by her claim that Alyssa Milano got her fired. In December, Doherty and her Charm co-star Holly Marie Combs alleged that Milano orchestrated Doherty's exit from that show, Charmed, on the WB in uh, 2001. So Milano then says that didn't happen. She's on a Who's the Boss panel on Friday at Megacon Orlando, one of these, you know, fan conferences. And she said, it's really sad that people just can't move past this. This was so long ago. And any retelling of these stories from anyone is just revisionist history. Well, in the same post, Milano alleged Doherty was fired after a professional mediator investigated accusations made against her on the set and then pinned her exit on producers and the studio. She said, I don't have the power to get anyone fired. And once Shannon left, we had five more successful seasons, and I'm forever grateful. Didn't, um, I gotta be careful here, because I don't want to say something that's not true, but didn't Mm -hmm. Shannon Doherty, like, have a reputation for being, like, really difficult? She did. But in this particular case, her other co-stars are are sitting beside her and saying, maybe that's not exactly what happened here. So... 
Doherty well, sitting between uh, Combs and Rose McGowan, who replaced Doherty on Charmed, um, get emotional. And they say, let's be clear. We, uh, we they, I guess they had a podcast together and they mm -hmm. went in and edited out. They said anything that would cause more drama and they told the truth. Uh, they wanted to try to save the fans from heartbreak. So this whole thing is going on. She says, Shannon Doherty, that she wanted to come clean with all the truth and all the details as she suffers from stage four breast cancer. She's not doing very well. Mm -hmm. She said, at this point in my life with a health diagnosis, with fighting horrific disease every day of my life, it's incredibly important to me the truth actually be told as opposed to the narrative that others are putting out there for me. And she says it was all Alyssa Milano. And apparently she's not over it. And her co-stars are coming to her, backing her up on it as well. Interesting. Yeah. Drama. Well, there you go. It's news you need to know, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, here's news that you might want to know. Uh, remember we mentioned that Leonardo DiCaprio movie that was filming up in Eureka? Yeah. Up on the coast in Arcata? Um, well, it's moving down south. So it's um, there. The working that title looks like of Sacramento. Yeah, that, the working yeah. title of the project is BC Project, and it wrapped up filming in Humboldt, and it's made its way down to Stockton and Sacramento over the weekend to continue production as a slate of new cast members were recently unveiled. Now on the bill um, for the Paul Thomas Anderson film are musician Elena Haim, who starred opposite Cooper Hoffman in Anderson's last film, Licorice Pizza, as well as the Thousand and One breakout star Tiana Taylor, hmm. Wood Harris from The Wire. I don't know any of these people. And rapper and actress Shayna McHale, uh, best known as Jungle Pussy. Uh, what? That's what... <laughs> <laughs> just reading from the newspaper uh, as the uh, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, I'm just reading from Hollywood Reporter, first reported. Newcomer Chase Infinity, these people have weird names, uh, was also spotted filming a scene with DiCaprio at Carmela's Mexican restaurant in Eureka last week, raising speculation that she may be portraying the teen girl who excels at martial arts that a casting call for the film had sought out last November. Um, on Monday, the Sacramento Film Office confirmed with SFGate that Warner Brothers had permits for filming in the area, as even more sightings of the actors surfaced on social media, including DiCaprio and Regi mm. Regina Hill uh, walking near the intersection of 8th yeah. and H Street in front of the uh, Superior Courthouse. So okay. with details surrounding the film continuing to be minimal, there have been rumors that it may be a modern-day reimagining of Thomas uh, Pinchon's 1990 novel Vineland, which was set in California during the 1984 re-election of Ronald Reagan and follows uh, former hippie Zoid Wheeler. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay, Everybody so, wants to know about what's going on with this movie. That is fascinating. So if you're in the Sacramento area, look forward to that. Thank you, Wes, for the $5 super sticker. Yay! Woo! And with that, Wes, Maybe we can compile enough money for an after-party field trip to see Mariah Carey in Las Vegas. Mariah Carey is announcing her uh, mini Las Vegas residency. Yeah. She's going to Vegas. She mini said, mini, 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 mini. Vegas, she said, I'm coming back to town with a new show, The Celebration of Mimi, live in Las Vegas, April 12th through the 27th at Dolby Live Park uh, at Park MGM. So this residency for Mariah Carey celebrates the 19th anniversary of her 2005 hit album, The Emancipation of Mimi. And go. she said it will feature fan favorites from the album as well as other hits from her career as well. And so she will be uh, her 2024 residency dates through April from the 12th through the 27th. And the pre-sale pre tickets go on sale today, actually. They went on sale at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah. Mariah Very Carey cool. going to Vegas. I don't Very know. Cool. Would you go to Vegas just to see Mariah Carey? Not just to see her, but... No. Um... One of my bosses in the past took us to Vegas, and then we shot. We saw Shania Twain front oh. row center. Okay, ooh, that's fun. That was amazing, and yeah. she was really cool. And she like brings people onto the stage and has like a little campfire song, oh. like, song thing where like she's hanging out with people from her fans. It's like pretty that. cool. Yeah, um, but if I was there or somebody else was paying for it, basically, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, I'm not paying. Well, and no. all the tickets now for everything in Las Vegas are like. Thousand, so two thousand, three thousand, eight thousand. No, no thanks. Um, not that I have that kind of money, but even if I did, that's not a wise use of your money, no. in my opinion. What well, else you know, is not 
it's not an after party live unless we have a story about AI, right? Yeah, and this is not a good mm -hmm. use of money, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Conservative influencers, um, what a title, are using AI to cover up photos of sex workers. Oh. That's right. Artificial te uh, intelligence technology has been used to create fake, non-consensual nude photos of women. Now it's being used to cover up women. So their clothing is less revealing. Don't tell this to Saudi Arabia. Mm -mm. Conservative personalities like Ian Miles Chong have shared viral before and after examples online. One viral post from Chong uh, displayed an AI edited, uh, edited, edited image of Isla David, a sex worker and sex educator based out of Canada, placed in a modest knee-length white dress with fake children. Her body was shrunken. Uh, when given pictures of thirst traps, AI imagines what could have been had they been raised by strong fathers. This is weird. Whoa. This is just wow. a weird story. Wow. Chong's post has been viewed over 7 million times. He did not respond to uh, a request for, for comment from NBC. In the original photo, David post, posed with a glass of whiskey in a sheer white shirt and underwear with no children. There are numerous other viral photos that have been displayed with the same practice. One account devoted to the AI trend has been called Dignify AI. Get it? Dignify with mm -hmm. AI at the end. It's amassed more than 28,500 followers since it began posting in uh, January. That account has directly replied to women whose photos it manipulated with the edited photos of them mocking with and mocking captions like, keep your dignity. More often, Whoa. women like Taylor Swift and high school age girls around the world have been victimized by the technology in order to portray them as nude. But Davis told NBC News that an AI edited image of her was similarly an attempt to shame and humiliate her. It doesn't matter whether you're a woman like Taylor Swift who's denying access to her nude body or someone like me who's offering access to my nude body, David said in a phone interview. It is a tool to ensure that women never retain sole autonomy over their body or images online. That's uh, it's so unclear mm -hmm. what specific tools are being used to make the photos or if the creators are repurposing different AI tools. One website with a URL associated with the practice directs creators to an AI app that was created to allow women to try on clothes before purchasing them. Hmm. This is so stupid. Isn't that weird? But I agree with the sex worker, interestingly, when she says it's a tool to use, you know, to make women how you want them to be. Either yeah. you want to rip the clothes off of people and make a right. weird sex AI thing. Oh, Kazimtite. Or you want to take women who are scantily clad and fix them up to your conservative values and what you want them to be. I'm allergic to uh, conservative influencers. Why don't you just let people be who they are? How about that? Yeah. This I'll story, cover up my sneezes, but I'm not going to cover up women. <laughs> the story that I had read before, but I and I kind of had a visualization in my mind of what it would look like. I yeah. am so excited that you managed to find video on this. So over the weekend... There is going to be uh, February 17th, uh, February. February, well, today is February, February 7th. So this glass floor, this LED basketball floor is going to be used as part of an all-star weekend in Indianapolis, including the all-star Saturday night lineup. And it's going to be played on the state-of-the-art full video LED court to be installed at Lucas Stadium. So the skills competition, the three-point contest, the slam dunk competition, a shooting matchup between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu taking place on this glass floor February basketball 17th. Shooting. Basketball shooting. It is in Indianapolis. So. It's uh, uh, the clear. celebrity game on February 16th. The actual all-star game itself will remain on the wooden floor. But I kind of like I thought what it would look like would be really cool. Let's take a look because you found video of what this floor is going to look like, I think. Yeah, they've got like a virtual race car. I don't know if it maybe it is an actual race car on the track or on the court. And this person is walking through the court and yeah. get up and like kind of a fireball. <clears throat> pretty cool. If you were sitting up high, that yeah. would look pretty good, so right? So it looks like it would follow the players and light up whatever they're standing on, wherever there's pressure, I guess. It says um, um, it gives us, us a little more range in what we can do as far as interactive graphics, reactionary graphics that happen on the floor, change the floor design, change the colors, really reacting to the play that happens on the court. Uh, they said they think it's going to be very impactful, both in the building and for people watching on television. And but this again, is actually a real court that they created at the airport. 
Oh, that's cool. So people will like walk across an actual NBA court oh. there at the airport. I like it. Yeah. And it's Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Yep. Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very cool. Uh, 16th, 17th, I think, is when it's going on. Very cool. Kind of good. Yeah. Um, do we have time for one more? We have time for one yeah, more. Yeah, I think so. Don't we? Yeah. I'm going to move. I'm going to click this and I'm going to move that. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. Let's end with McDonald's because oh. apparently not everyone's loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Not McDonald's loving it. McDonald's CEO <laughs> promises an affordability amid a backlash over $18 Big Mac combo meals and $6 oh. hash browns. It is expensive. Mc- McDonald's CEO admitted the burger giant's sales have taken a hit as jacked up menu prices have turned off core customers and signaled the chain plans to focus on affordability this year. The Chicago-based food behemoth which has lately taken heat over Big Mac combos being priced nearly $18, said the global same-store sales in the latest quarter had grown just 3.4%, falling short of their 4.7% uh, growth that Wall Street was expecting. The lackluster quarter, which the company also blamed on conflict in the Middle East, yeah, good one, <laughs> that's, uh, slammed franchisees, uh, sent McDonald's shares on the New York Stock Exchange tumbling near 4%. Oh, poor babies. I think what you're going to see this year as you head into 2024 is probably more attention to what I would describe as affordability, their chief executive um, says uh, in a Monday earnings call. In particular, low-income customers making less than $45,000 per year have largely stopped ordering from McDonald's, pummeled by inflation. They're eating at home more frequently. Oh, no, that might be healthier. Hmm. Um, They might get some fiber in their diet uh, as grocery prices are actually coming down. Uh, Eating at home has become more affordable, the CEO says, and battleground is uh, certainly that with the uh, a low-income consumer. Despite this uproar, McDonald's customers should brace for even more price hikes this year, albeit at a slower pace of 2 to 3% versus last year's 10%, told, uh, according to this restaurant analyst. Uh, the McDonald's attempts at affordability will likely take form the form of targeted deals offered on its mobile apps. App discounts will be a big part of their arsenal. Last week, McDonald's outpost in Connecticut got slammed over its outraging, outrageous pricing after a customer was charged $7.29 for an Egg McMuffin and nearly $5.69 for a side of hash browns. Um, in Darien, Connecticut, they were called out for charging $17.59 for a Big Mac combo meal. Uh, that lo- location also so- sold a quarter pounder with cheese and bacon meal that came with fries and soda for $19. That's how much it used to be in like um, Switzerland. Wow. When I went to Switzerland, I, 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 I would use McDonald's as like a barometer of how expensive a country is. You know, because exchange rates can be confusing, right? Because you don't know the you don't know the number. Like, what is two hundred of their currency, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what that means. But if you go to like a Starbucks or a McDonald's and look at a standard item, you can kind of get a sense of like you know what that translates into. And uh, that's like Norway pricing. That's like Swi- uh, Switzerland pricing, right there, twenty dollars. It gets to a point where it's it's you're not saving money. Like you could eat at a taqueria and get a slightly healthier lunch, or well, you know, a sandwich I don't shop. mind it because it used to be that eating food that was bad for you, right? Eating the junk food was cheap. And so that's why people were gravitating toward that because you could get things for 99 cents or really cheap. So it was bad for you, but it was really inexpensive. Well, and as a former McDonald's employee, I tell you, it's not good. Like it doesn't taste good. Well, now if it's, if it's really (laughs) expensive, well, that, that, that takes the, you know, the reason to go there away. So you're going to be eating healthier. Great. Um, but, you know, they say that everything's the same and they haven't changed things. But if you go to McDonald's, it just mm-hmm. doesn't taste good. And I don't know, maybe maybe it never really tasted good. Um, I try not to eat fast food that often, but I, I went to a Wendy's and their new thing is that they guarantee that their fries are, are hot, which mm-hmm. is important. That's the other thing. You go to McDonald's and it's like, not only is it not good, but the fries are like lukewarm to cold half of the time, right? It makes it even worse. But I've been going the last couple of times I've gone out, I've gone to Wendy's. The fries are hot. The burger tastes good. It's not healthy for you, but if you're going to pay that money mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to take that hit to your health, it might as well be a good experience, right? Yeah, that's true. Go to, go to In-N-Out, go to Wendy's, go somewhere better. So I don't know if it was the food or something else, but I do have a little bit of breaking news for you as we end up, end the show. Did you say breaking news? I... After Party Live, breaking news. involves a luxury cruise ship the queen victoria which is now anchored off the coast of uh, san francisco at, the, at a pier 
after more than 100 passengers and crew members became sickened with an unknown illness. It's a mess on Cunard Line's uh, Queen Victoria ship. It left Florida January 22nd on a three-week-long cruise scheduled to make a stop in San Francisco before sailing on to Hawaii. But the CDC says 128 of the ship's 1,800 passengers, as well as 25 onboard crew members, fell ill during the voyage. Symptoms include gastrointestinal symptoms, diarrhea, vomiting. So they're looking at the outbreak. They don't know what the cause is. They're trying to clean the ship. They're isolating all the people that are ill. But for right now, it is off the coast of San Francisco or at a pier in San Francisco. And it's expected to carry on. The cruise is uh, ending in Honolulu on February 12th. So let's see how long they make it or if they have to stay in San Francisco for longer. But... That is what is going on in the city. Very good. Uh, Donald mm-hmm. on the fries thing. John says, I, or John, I never experienced bad fries at McDonald's. Uh, In-N-Out fries are terrible. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a big fan of In-N-Out's fries, but uh, uh, at least their, their food is you know never frozen and uh, is fresh. McDonald's, those fries, they may taste good, but they're manipulated to taste good. And what I'm talking about is they're, they come out lukewarm. Even when they're busy, mm-hmm. a lot of times it comes out lukewarm and that's not good. But they're, they're, they're flash cooked at a factory in Idaho or somewhere else. So it's like... You know, it's whatever. It's your taste preference. But if you're going to have fast food, I, if you're going to pay that much, it better be warm. It better be hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's yeah. my, I digress on the McDonald's. I think McDonald's is crap. Well, <laughs> please click the like button. We appreciate like that. Like that. Please click the like button. Please uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And meet us back here tomorrow where we're going to do this whole thing all over again and party like rock stars here on the After Party Live. Until then, stay dry. Have a safe and warm, cozy afternoon. I hope you have a good day. I Bye, hope John you have Daly. A good day. And we want to thank Harry M., our ongoing oh, yes, contributor. Yes. Thank you, Harry. Wow. And then we want to thank Wes T., a Yay. reliable, trusty, daily contributor. <laughs> thank you, Wes. We appreciate it. Yes, uh, yeah, thank stay you. dry out there. Uh, try not to go to McDonald's. No. Oh, <laughs> Let's get the fast it. food today, everybody. Woo-hoo! There you go. Keep it fresh. Bye, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.